What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Struggle to Strength podcast, your source for real-life application on how to turn your struggles into strengths in all things mind, muscle, and money. I am your host, Josh Levine, and I am joined here by my longtime friend and my co-host, Travis Hatch. And today, we are joined by Rick Ornella, best-selling author, professional coach, and founder of iSpark Change, who teaches men and women how to unlock their amazing potential to create an incredible future and change the world around them. Guys, this is an incredibly valuable episode. We had a good conversation, so stay tuned. Before we get into it, we ask that if you love this episode, please give us five stars on Apple or a follow on Spotify. Share us on your social. You can find me at Josh Levine Fitness, Travis at Travis Hawks Media. Links are in the show notes. Don't forget, you can also follow the podcast on Instagram. We got tons of valuable clips on there, so please go check it out and share it. We really appreciate it. You can find us at Struggle to Strength Pod. That's it. I hope y'all are ready for another great episode. We'll see you inside. You are you are essentially a uh, uh, you're a, a coach, right? Almost, I don't know if we would call you a life coach, but you are helping people improve their lives and and find what they're truly capable of, right? Yes, yeah. You can. I, I, most of what I do on a daily basis is coaching, so I guess we'll go with that. We'll go with we'll go with coach, uh, professional coach. I guess I think is what I put in my bio, but um, yeah, that's what I that's what I do. I mean, I I write. Um, and, and coach, I do two different types of coaching, business coaching, and then, you know, professional coaching for entrepreneurs and, and, uh, different businesses, but yeah, coach works. Okay. All right. I like it. And so what will, I guess my first question is what made you want to start doing this? Was this a, a journey that you went on yourself and you found success in, and you wanted to share that with other people or, how did you, how did you know that you wanted to be a coach that you want to help people? So as far as coaching, that's something I've been interested in like my whole life. I mean, going back to even when I was younger and sports and everything, I was the one who was always like the, um, you know, the team captain or the person that was kind of coaching others while I was on the team. And then I remember when I got into, when I got into college, I went, I went back my, one of my high school um, running coaches, he's like, Hey, can you come back and, and, you know, do some coaching of any time. And so I went back and, and did some, you know, athletic coaching there at school. And then it was, I guess like throughout different parts in my career, I had always done it in some capacity. Like when I was in the corporate world, I did corporate training and development where I was, coaching others. I was, you know, helping coach them to improve, whether it was in sales or leadership or different areas. And so it's just always been a, a part of my life, I guess. And then, you know, you move into later phases and then start doing CrossFit. And then I become a coach there as a hobby. And then I, I, you know, do the business coaching and that I just always gravitated towards, towards that, towards helping others. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. And so it seems like it started with sports. What sports did you play? Back in high school, I played football and then my school kind of like your, it's kind of probably like your, um, your pit bull thing. We had a kid that got badly injured. And so I went to a small Catholic high school and they dropped the football team. They're like, no more football. And so oh, no. after that I played and he was fine, actually. I mean, it ended up, he was fine, but, um, 
Then after that, I did cross country and uh, tennis after the football went away. <laughs> football team went away. Okay. All right. A little switch, little switch up, a little, little <laughs> bit uh, of a less aggressive sport, I guess. <laughs> I would have happily played. I mean, I did end up out of, when I got out of school, I did end up playing in one of those semi-pro leagues. You know, I felt like a Will Ferrell playing in the semi-pro leagues. I played football <laughs> in a semi-pro league and then basketball and, and a bunch of the city leagues and stuff. So, yeah, that's also a big part of my life back, back then. Yeah. In a much younger time. When I was younger, like you guys. When you know, <laughs> get old and start having injuries and... You know, yeah, you don't bounce like you used to. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, so so that's interesting. I'm always interested in the dynamic between uh, like team sports and individual sports, right? Like you started off in a team environment and you're with all your buddies and everybody is moving towards a common goal. And I think sometimes that's a little bit lost in the individual sports. Obviously, you are still part of a larger team. You're just competing as an individual for your team. Um, do you see any of that crossover into the business world into, you know, people needing to be surrounded by a group to be as successful as they are versus people who can just go off on their own, like a cross country runner and just kind of take it home for the team without everyone else around them? Oh, I'd, I'd say absolutely, Josh, because I mean, we're, we're human beings. We're, we've evolved as a tribe species. We are designed to be around others and to support one another and help one another grow. And if you go back to the caveman days, I mean, that's how people basically lived and survived without, if they were outcast, you were done, you know, you'd be eaten by something. So, so in terms of in our world now, I, what I've seen in, in my coaching and everything I've always done is that people People need that support. They need to be, even if it's not a specific team, like I've been a part of sales teams and things, but even if it's not that, but they need to be, have the support of others. And that's where we can truly thrive. Most people, there are people that can, you know, they're strong introverts and they can, you know, do their own thing and, and everything. And I can go into that mode myself. Like my wife thinks I'm crazy, but I'm the guy that can work out in the gym with no headphones and literally there couldn't like, there can be no music in the gym and I can just work out. And she's like, Oh my gosh, how do you work out without music and everything? I'm like, I'm just in my head. Like I can, you know, I can go to that place. And so there's, there are people that can do that, but only for short periods of time. Like you have to, you have to have others and that supportive environment. It's my opinion. And that's why I think last year or even the past 18 months has been so difficult for a lot of people because that was taken away, yep. you know, that, that support system. And even, yeah, even, uh, the, yeah. even the strongest introverts, like they recharge their batteries, but they still need to, you know, they don't want to be alone forever. You know what I mean? Like you, you do, you, everybody needs that. And that's interesting. You mentioned that about, um, the, like being outcast, like many, many years ago, and you see it in the movies, like in, uh, in movies about like medieval ages, like the worst the worst punishment was to be like outcast from the kingdom. You know what I mean? Not, not, not burned at the stake or hanged. Although, you, you know, that always happens too in the movies, but it was like to be outcast because that's like, not, not only are you going to die, but you're going to be like, you're probably going to lose your mind and be miserable along the way <laughs> alone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so true. So true. And you, you see it in, I mean, there's, even there's uh, so many like reality TV shows where they they put people alone. I mean, there's a bunch of them now where they'll put people alone and see how long they can last. And like people don't do very well <laughs> when, when they have to 
just be on there. Even if they're great, like even if they're survivalist and they can like, hey, I can live, I can get my own food and, and you know, I can survive and make a shelter or whatever. It's just, it's the isolation that always gets gets to people. Yeah, we we actually like we talked about one of those shows. Josh and I talked about one of those shows on a previous episode called um, I think it's called Alone potentially mm-hmm. where there yeah. there's 12 different people and they're all sent out into like the wilderness in Canada or Alaska. Um, and they're, they're probably, you know, in the same area, but they couldn't reach each other. Um, and they have to survive alone. And what I saw, I, I only watched one season of this, but what I thought was so interesting on, to, on that topic is that one of the guys, he was like an amazing survivalist. He built this structure. He got tons of food. He was fine, but he tapped out, like he gave up. And what he said is he's like, Oh, I'm just so bored. But I think in reality, he was like losing his mind because he's just alone by himself in the, in the, you know, maybe the first week is like, oh, this is peaceful. But after two months in, you know, he's like, oh, he said, oh, I'm so bored. But I think really like you start to, you know, you're going to, you're going to lose it. And so that's an interesting thing. Like, I think if there's just one other person there, they probably would be fine. Like human beings are a team. Like that's how we've evolved, right? Is like through teamwork. So I think, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a great point. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So obviously we have the ability to, to adapt to situations. And we've seen that over the last 18 months, like you, t- like you talked about. And, you know, Travis and I, as very strong extroverts, still need time alone. And, you know, like we have friends who are very strong introverts who still need time with other people. So um, I, I, a funny realization that I had during, uh, during our quarantine was, I was with uh, my girlfriend at the time and I was starting to lose it. I was starting to go crazy. I was like, I need, I need to be around other people. She's like, it's not that bad. Like, what's the deal? I was like, imagine she was a very strong introvert. I was like, imagine you're at Coachella for like three months straight surrounded by people all the time. And she was like, Oh my God, that sounds terrible. I was like, that's what this feels like to me as a strong extrovert. Like I need to be around other people. And I was able to adapt a little bit to feel okay on my own, to learn how to work on my own. I can't, I can't exactly explain how I did it. Are there ways that people can learn to adapt, to work better on their own, to work better in a, in a single person sport versus a team sport, or are we just wired that way? So I think I'll speak from the experience that I had last year, what worked for me and what worked for some others that I was coaching, you know, and one of them, even though she wouldn't, admit it would be my wife, <laughs> but it's cause she's, she's like you, she's super extroverted. She's a, a group fitness instructor. She's around, she coaches like six classes a day. She's around people all day. That's where she gets all her energy. You go back to what you were saying, gyms were closed, all of that, all of that was taken away from her. Just, just like that, right. Gone. And she was struggling. I mean, she was like you, she was really, really, really struggling. And so what, what worked, what worked for me, what worked for her, what worked for others is um, first you kind of, first you get creative, you get creative in ways to connect with people. So you do the zooms, you do the, you know, you go for things outside where you can be involved with others and you get creative there. But then what worked for us was um, channeling that energy into something else. So for me, it was my writing. For me, it was writing my book. That's what I channeled my energy. I, I had a new focus. I had a, a singular focus that became, this is a place where I'm going to devote 
my efforts to. And for her, like she devoted efforts to, hey, I want to redo the backyard. So what are we going to do and, and changing this and, and doing all this stuff? And, you know, she went through all the usual things that people went through. Hey, I'm going to read um, clean out the closets. And I think we clean the reorganize the garage three times. And, you know, but she she found different ways to to focus to keep her distracted. And I think the big the big thing, you know, and it goes back to your point, Travis, is is we as human beings, we can distract ourselves for a certain period of time, like like the, you know, the guy in your example of alone, you can be distracted for the week or whatever he was, where it's like, hey, this is beautiful. I'm, I'm doing other things. But as soon as you have exhausted those resources of that distraction, whatever that is, then you're like, okay, now what? And so for, for us, I was able to continue that process through writing because it was a very long process, right? It's a very long distraction process of months. My wife kept having to shift from one thing to the other and others had to do the same thing, shifting from one to the other to keep, to keep up that variety. Um, because I think that's the one differentiating, differentiating factor, Josh, is that everyone's going to have their threshold. For one person, it's going to be a day. For one person, it's going to be a week. One person, it's going to be three months you know, six months. And even, even I'm guessing is, you know, the, your girlfriend that you spoke of where she said, yeah, the, that time at Coachella, even she would probably have a threshold where it'd be like, okay, I need now I'm, I need some human interaction, right? Even it would get to that for her at some point. I think that's what, what differs for people, but most of us I'm saying are going to gravitate towards needing that support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think it's really hard to do things alone, uh, no matter what, for any extended period of time. Um, and, you know, that being said, even even if we are naturally extroverted, we are naturally team sports oriented. Every now and then we still need a break. We still need time to be. I don't like to call it alone. I call it by myself. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody needs that. And so you're right. I think we'll always kind of be on a sliding scale, uh, almost like a gradient of of what, who we, what we need and who we need around us. Um, being able to pay attention to that, I think is, can be challenging and is probably something that we, we learn over time. Um, now I wanted to go back. You were talking about building, um, you were talking about people needing, uh, groups around them. And, and, uh, and obviously we are a human species that was, uh, that, that has developed over time to work together. Now you help men and women, you know, create massive change in the world. And we, in order to do that, we likely need to do it together. And what I, what I was thinking of as you were talking about this was like building a culture. So how do you orchestrate and organize the people around you to build the culture that's actually going to bring you to the change that you want to see? whether that's in your personal life or your business? Yeah, that's an excellent question, Josh, because it's a massive undertaking. It's something that doesn't happen overnight. And the the route that I've taken to do that is to show individuals that, one, that there's a community around them. So one, to show them that they, for example, by like joining Icebark Change, that they're part of a community. So we all strive to be part of something right? Whether it's a church or a gym or, or a team or, you know, the people that you work with or whatever, you, you all want to be part of that tribe, like we we're talking about, right? You want those little mini tribes all over the place that you want to be a part of. So we want that community. And so first, 
it's by giving them the community, showing them that they can be part of a community, a, a greater, you know, greater cause. And then the second part is by empowering each individual to show that they have some strength, they have some power to um, to help move the needle. Because so many of us, we think like, hey, I'm just me. Like, what can I do? It's a big ass world. Like. I'm, you know, I'm not going to make any difference. I, whatever I do on a daily basis is not going to make a difference, right? And the message that I'm constantly sharing with others is that you do make a difference. What you don't real, what most people don't realize is that by, you know, spreading positive change or, or doing positive action or helping others or you know being supportive, the, the different ways, helping people through their struggles you know, like your podcast you talk about struggle of strength, like helping people get through those struggles and, 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 you know, get to their, their strong parts. All of that is, is great. All of that supports others. And all of that has a ripple effect that makes a, a difference in the world. Even if you don't normally see it, it does. But where, what most people miss is that when you do those things, the biggest place that you have change is in yourself. So by, by choosing to be kind, by choosing to you know, do something good for another person, you may think like, oh, yeah, I paid it forward. I paid for someone's coffee. Yay. You know, yay me. I, I did a great, you know, great job. And hey, hopefully they realize that you never see like if they saw, you know, maybe you turn around and you're like, oh, did they smile? Oh, yeah, it was great. And you see if they really realized. But by constantly doing those things, you're the one that gets changed inside. And that's how that movement grows. That's how the world gets changed by everyone changing from the inside. Because <clears throat> to think like, hey, I'm going to go out and change others. That, that's so that's so unrealistic, right? To think like, oh, I'm going to change others or I'm going to wait for a politician to change the world or, you know, someone else to, to change things like that happened one time in history. And until, you know, he comes back, that's not going to happen again. But it's it's not going to happen in in our in modern times with you know your average person you you can't change others you got to you got to get them to to um, see something that they want to change in themselves and then they and then they can run with that so that's how I've gone about it is showing people like hey you can be a part of that community and you can do it by by you know making some change in yourself. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think I mean that definitely resonates with me uh, as a as a health and fitness coach. I've got to be leading from the front. I've got to be in the trenches. I can't expect other people to do things that I won't do. And so if I've noticed that if the, the more work I put into myself in becoming the healthiest, strongest, and most successful version of myself, then it, I, I do see that it radiates throughout my client base and, and throughout our other coaches that they see that it's possible. Positivity breeds positivity. And it creates the environment for success. Um, yeah, 100%, 100%. Cause that, you know, that's part of you being a leader and, you know, every, every tribe has leaders different that do different things in the, you know, in the tribe and by you, like you said, leading from the front and leading by example, then they want to emulate that. Cause they, you know, they look up to you, you're, you're their coach, if you will. And so they say, Hey, I want to, you know, I want to be like, like Josh. And so I'm going to emulate his behavior, even if they don't acknowledge it. Right. But they do it behind the scenes. Parents, mm-hmm. you know, I have, I have three daughters that are, that are all, you know, adults now. And 
you know, for years you could try to like, Hey, do this or do that, or don't do this or don't do that. Right. And you wonder like, did it really, did it really sink into their, you know, teenage brain or whatever. But then later when you start seeing, you're like, Oh yeah, it did sink in. They may, they may not have realized it, but you know, me leading by example, like you say, or them seeing modeling our behavior, you know, it's, it had an impact. And so you're, what you're describing, it, that's exactly how it works. I mean, it has an impact, you, you know, whether you know or not. Yeah, it's and I like the the example of of obviously growing up as children. We don't really do what we're told; we do what we see. Mm-hmm. And so you're right; we do model behavior. I assume humans have always done that. Have you learned most of what you know about humans and and, and sociology just from studying, like uh, like you were talking about cavemen and and what's happened in the studying history? Is that really what you, we you've been analyzing to? try to figure out how humans actually work? Man, I've studied all, all types of stuff, all types of stuff, Josh. I mean, I have a degree in social science communication, so I guess it started there, but I've always been fascinated by people. I've always been fascinated by, you know, why we do the things we do. And so, I mean, I, I constantly read, I constantly take courses. I constantly try to learn different things. Um, you know, look at history, look at different areas. I mean, I read all different types of books to, to just expand that knowledge. I have different coaches that coach me that I learn from. And I, I just look for, I mean, you can learn from anywhere. And so for me, I've tried to soak it all in from all different sources, um, you know, to get my understanding of, you know, my beliefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think you, you mentioned you have a coach as well. I think all coaches need coaches. Yeah. If, if, if we're going to, if we're going to coach people, if we're going to believe in coaching, then we should probably have coaches too. So who, what kind of coaches do you have in your life? Yeah. So I actually have, I actually have three. I have, you know, one, well, I have, I have various mentors, people that I consider mentors, you know, that I'll either speak to on a regular basis or, or infrequent basis. And then I have, um, uh, different coaches, like one, one that I, that I, uh, follow and, and go through his coaching programs is Darren Hardy. I've read his books and go through his coaching programs. And then, and so that's more of a, you know, long distance coaching relationship, right? Because I don't know him personally. I just follow all his work and, and, um, have taken many multiple courses that he's provided. And then I've learned from, from different coaches, you know, taking courses from Brendan Burchard or Jim Quick or, um, and then I have personal coaching with, with, uh, Chris Winfield and, and Jen Gottlieb, who, um, I do some coaching with them now. So they were coaches of mine. And then they asked me to be a part, which is really cool, um, to, to join in, in their mastermind and, and help coach others, you know, on the business side of things that they're doing. But, um, they've helped me, uh, really not only in, in the mindset and, and, the some different areas of my business, but also with, um, with learning how to connect with others, with learning how to connect with others and to, to share your message, build your, build my movement, all of that stuff. So that's, you know, incredibly valuable, uh, valuable for me. And I've, and I learned it a lot, but like I said, I, I, I try to learn from anywhere. You know, I, I think, you know, you go back to the old saying like, Oh, you learn something new every day or, or what have you. I try to learn from so many different, different um, sources you know, whether it be Mm -hmm. from a book or a course or a coach or mentor, you know? Yeah. I think, uh, you know, 
the word coach, I think oftentimes implies that there's a, a strong relationship or a strong connection with that individual. Um, you mentioned the word mentor, which I, I, I really do. I, I like that word more because you can look up to someone, learn from what they're providing for free on the internet, and they can be a mentor to you. So when we're looking for people to inspire us, to help us grow, to help us get to the next level, um, I, I don't think that there has to be like a very personal connection with them. Now, do we want to grow a personal connection with them? Probably because we'll be able to learn more from them. Um, but where, where, I guess, where did you find all of these people that you've connected with? Was it all social media? Was it through your networking? How did that come to be? How did you build your network? And, uh, you know, what we call like the circle of five, how did that come to be for you? Yeah, for, for me, I think it's probably the same as, as where it comes for a lot of people. I, I, it was just, it happened naturally, just organically. And I think those are the best kind of relationships that happen organically that are, that aren't forced, that aren't really, you know, not necessarily sought after, I would say, but, but that, you know, develop over time. They're like one of my mentors, he's someone, when I was working in the corporate world, he came and did a, a, a training for us, a presentation. And that was in 2012. And then we've been friends and, and he's been one of my mentors helped me when I was starting writing my book and everything. Uh, since then, you know, we've kept a relationship, kept in contact. I brought him to another company I was working at and he had him do a presentation a couple times. And, and that relationship, you know, I, I guess when I say, you know, that grows organically, there's going to be people that resonate with you in some way and any relationship that I can think of. And nobody's ever asked me this question. So thank you for asking the question because it makes me think about it. But um, all of the relationships, people that I would consider a mentor or coach or, you know, the ones I have in my life, all of them have grown organically in some way. And they all came, um, they all came to be because it resonated, something about them resonated with me. So for example, I, I mentioned Darren Hardy, I follow his work, you know, I've never met him personally. I've gone through many of his courses and, and with him, one of the people that I coach, one of my business coaching clients, he, he was like, you know what? I think you'd really like Darren Hardy's work. Have you ever read any of his work or have you ever, you know, have you read his books or, or, you know, checked out his stuff? And I'm like, no, no, no. He's like, you should really check out his, his daily. He's got this thing called Darren dailies. And he says, you should really check that out. You'd really like it. You know? And so I valued his opinion. He knows me. This person I coach knows me very well. I've coached him for multiple years and so I said, hey, I'll check it out. And then I checked it out. I'm like, what? this does really resonate with me. You know, I, I, there's something that some kind of connection there. And I think that's the big part. That's at the at the heart of it for me. And, and, and I would say probably for a lot of others is, you know, you're going to be there's going to be things that happen all over you, uh, you know, your life on a daily basis. Right. You're going to have input coming from all over places. You might read something. You might see an ad. You scroll across something on your social media feed. You meet somebody and just throughout our life. We're like, hey, I really like that person. That's cool. I want to get to know them better. Or, hey, that, that book sounds interesting. I read the cover. I want to you know, dive into it and learn more. That podcast I, I listened to, you know, five minutes. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. I want to listen to more of that. And that's where, you know, when it, something resonates, I'd say just give it a chance and see if there's something there, you know, to grow organically. And, and that's what I did. And that's where all those relationships have come from for me. And you, mm-hmm. you talk, um, you talk a lot about spreading positive change. And when I was listening to you say that, 
one thing that um, resonated with me was the fact that you were saying your friend who knows you saw, uh, saw something that they thought you would connect with and get value from. And they kind of gently and friendly uh, nudged you in that direction because they know you. And I think I was just thinking about, you know, the idea of spreading positive change and how important that is. Um, you know, if somebody, if somebody is, uh, similar to like the mentor thing as well, like if somebody is coming to you, um, and asking that, you know, if, if you're an expert in something or you're coaching something, or you know how to do something, um, and somebody's coming to you and being like, Hey, could you, you know, could you help me? Could you give me advice? It is very, um, becoming to you to actually spend your time to teach that person because it's really like wiring your brain to learn that thing even better than you would have. So like that on that end, like you're spreading, you're spreading positive change. You're helping that person, but you're also really helping yourself in a way. Um, and then on the other side of it, like, you know, when you do see things that you think could like impact somebody that, you know, like send them in that direction. Maybe they're not going to listen. Maybe they're not ready yet, but you never know. It's like, there's little things like that that have literally changed my life. Like my friend just being like, no, seriously, you need to do this. You need to look at this thing. And it's like, all right, like they seem passionate about it. They, you know, they, they know me like they, so I might as well check it out. And it's, you know, it kind of sets off this uh, snowball in like a direction. So I think that, um, yeah, that's just a great example of spreading positive change. Like, you know, literally whenever you have these connections with people, you know, these people, you can send them in these directions and help them. And it always like helps you at the same time, really. Yeah. You bring up an excellent point, Travis, because that that's really what connects us as, you know, as humans is what connects us is that connection that we have with others. I mean, that's the most important part is the connection that we have with others, you know, aside from ourselves or the, the ways that we can help others, that we can serve them, that we can um, support them and, and make them better. Um, and one of the things you said that I wanted to highlight is um, how you learn something. You start, you end up learning by sharing it with others and teaching others. And statistically speaking, we learn at a two to three times higher rate when we teach something. So if you ever want to learn something better, just start teaching, just start teaching. Like I became a way better CrossFitter when I started teaching CrossFit than I had been before. And, and with anything in my life, you know, when I became, when I started teaching communication or leadership, I became a way better leader or, you know, way better communication. My wife may disagree, but you know, at least <laughs> I, I work on it on a daily basis. Right. I, I'm trying. Um, but there, the, you know, the truth is, is this by just supporting others, like you said, that's that, that's spreading that positive change. That's making that difference. You know, that's making that difference in the lives of others and yourself because you're becoming better. They're becoming other better. Like it's, it's one of those win-win uh, situations, which is, you know, what I'm all about too. Yeah. Put, I mean, mm-hmm. putting yourself in a mentor type position, even if you're not necessarily ready for it or, you know, even, if you, if you, even if you doubt yourself, if you're like, I'm not really that much of a pro at this thing, but like, there's always going to be somebody who's less of a pro than you are. You know what I mean? So, um, if you can put yourself in that kind of mentor position, um, I've just noticed it in myself. Like you said, it feels like I'm learning at a two to three times rate. If I'm like, Oh, this person's kind of counting on me. Like, and I don't necessarily fully know the answer to that. I'll go figure it out. Um, versus, 
I think, you know, my experience being in school and someone trying to teach me something, I learn at like a negative three to four times rate. I'm like getting dumber being in, <laughs> being in a classroom <laughs> versus when I'm like, yeah, in a, in a position where I need to kind of like help somebody else or teach somebody else. Um, it's just, it's like exponential. So, you know, even if you are, if you're a selfish person and you don't, and you're like, I'm not, I don't want to help other people. I'm so busy. I'm such a important, busy person. I don't want to help people out of the goodness of my own heart, help other people out of the fact that you're going to get better at what you do. Basically, even if you're a selfish person, you should, you should appreciate the importance of like, yeah, helping people spreading positive change. Cause it's only going to make you better at what you do. Yeah, I, I agree uh, completely. And, you know, I, I've often said that in this past year and a half where I've been on this journey, you know, where I rode and created iSpark Change and everything is that it, I'm the one that's benefited the most, right? I, I honestly think that I've grown the most, that I've had exponential growth in myself as an individual and and my awareness of, you know, who I am and, and what I want to become. And, you know, Sure, people say, oh, yeah, it, what you said inspired me or your book, I like this or, you know, you helped others in some way or whatever. And I was like, the the reality is, is that when you do all that for others, like you get back so much. And it's, you know, it's that old saying, right? You get back more than than you give. And it's just so, so true. It's it's just, I mean, just exponential. Oh. And that's been an experience for me for, you know, for a while. I wanted to ask you um, one other thing too, because you, um, another thing I've seen you talk about is like winning mindset and habits for success. And those are the types of things that Josh and I talk about a lot on this podcast and that we are like super interested in, you know, how, how to have a winning mindset and what are habits for success? Like those are two things that really inspire us and are, you know, are like important. Um, so is like helping others, is that an aspect of the winning mindset and one of the habits for success or what, how would you explain that? Like in your, you, you know, you've had a, you've had a long career. Like you said, you have 10,000 plus hours in communications and sociology. Like what are your, what's your winning mindset and habits for success? So I would we'll start with winning mindset because, um, because that's that's where it all all begins. Every, everything, if you want to be successful in life and business and you know whatever you're doing in sports and anything, it all starts here, right? It all starts up here. And what's worked for me and the ones that that I've coached in terms of having a winning mindset, it, it's really it it, it takes um, it takes really three things. Okay. The, the first thing is determining your why for what you're doing. Okay. So if, if you're saying, Hey, I'm going to go out and, you know, coach others in sports. Okay. Well, why are you going out to coach others in sports? Right. What, what is that? What is your why for doing what you're doing on an everyday basis? Right. What's the, what's the most important for you? What really drives you? What are you going to be the happiest doing? If, if you could do, if money's no object and you can do anything you want in life, what's it going to be? What's, what's that one thing going to be? And if it's like, Hey, it's going to be coaching others. Then now, you know, your why that's, I want to coach others. I want to help them improve. I want to get them better. Right. So it's one, you gotta, you gotta determine your why for doing what you're, what you're going to do. Right. The second part is you have to gain control of over the, your inside 
um, messaging and your inside stories. So if you're, so let's say what, what's, uh, what's Josh, give me your favorite, your favorite sport. Favorite sport yeah. growing up it was always baseball. Baseball. Okay. So yeah. if you want to be, if you want to be, and it's funny because I just, I was just watching something um, this morning about, you know, story um, uh, about a, someone that grew up to be a professional baseball player. Right. And, and so if you want to, if you want to be a successful baseball player, then you have to envision and see yourself as that successful baseball player. Right. So if you go up and, and every time, you know, you're in the batting cages and every time a curveball comes, you're saying, oh, I can't hit the curveball. I hate the curveball. I can't hit it. That's that's the worst pitch. It's a, guess what? You're not going to hit the curveball. Right. But if you go up there and you say, hey, I need to work on this. I need to get better at hitting a curveball. I'm going to put in the time and dedicate my effort and I'm going to get to where I'm a master at hitting a curveball that where that's going to be my, the best pitch that I can hit. If you put in the, and then you put in, and I'll get to that, I'll get to the next step, but, and then you put in the time and the work to do that, then guess what? You'll be an expert at hitting a curveball, right? So that's where you have to watch that inner talk and you have to essentially program, you're programming your brain to do what you want it to do. Our brains, as you know, the old saying goes, they are a computer and, and we'll do what we tell our brains to do. And so that's why you see people like the, you know, Michael Phelps of the world and, and the Kobe Bryant's and people like that. They all have mental, they all have coaches to work on the mental game. You know, like people like Tiger Woods where they're so strong mentally could beat anybody you know, when they're in their prime, it's because they were so attuned up here. Their mindset was so focused and so dedicated that they knew like, hey, before I even step on the on the course, I'm going to win kind of thing. So that's that's the second part is is watching that talk and tuning it to the, you know, to the right frequency that you're searching. And then the last part would be creating uh, those habits that are going to get you there. So as I was, you know, using uh, Josh's analogy there with the baseball is saying, okay, now what's it going to take to be an expert at hitting a curveball? Well, I'm going to have to change my swing. I'm going to, and I wasn't a big baseball guy, so forgive me if I'm talking you know, <laughs> gibberish, but I'm going to have to tweak my, you know, change my stance a little bit. I'm going to have to adjust how I hold the bat, you know, whatever you have to do. And then you start putting in the work and creating those habits to where, oh, now every time I can hit that curveball with regularity. And so that's, you know, just to answer your question, Travis, I mean, those are those three parts. It's really determining, you know, why, hey, why do I, I want to be a great baseball player? You know, I love baseball. I want to hit a curveball because I need it to move on, you know, determine your whys, then um, get control of those inner stories that you're telling yourself and then don't uh, create those habits. Um, and so that transitions right into the habits for success. You know, those habits, what I just described, those are habits for success. So um, talking to yourself with, you know, concise, positive words and having clear visualization of what you want to do and feeling the corresponding feeling of what it's going to feel like to accomplish that that's going to create um, those habits for success, like that inner self talk, um, 
setting up the, that uh, uh, process or a habit to get you to a certain goal, um, those are the type of things that you can do to put in place and that's going to drive that success. Does that, does that answer your question? Does that make totally hundred percent? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I think, um, I think the, the inner self-talk, the talking to yourself, um, I think that that's something that people, that something very important that people don't really talk about enough. Um, cause like me personally, like it's really easy for me to have like really negative self-talk, like, Oh my God, I suck. <laughs> like, you know, no, no one's going to like this. I suck. Like it's really easy for me to have that. And like, um, I kind of have to, you know, battle with myself over that. Um, but it's interesting cause you wouldn't, you wouldn't talk to someone else like that. You know, like you wouldn't talk yeah. if your friend was struggling and you're like, you're like, no dude, actually you're doing pretty good. Like, I think, um, you know, maybe here's two areas you could improve. Here's two things you're doing really well. Like you're killing it. Just put the time in and, and it'll happen for you. Right. That's how you talk to a friend. So why do you like, if you can talk to yourself like that, you, you know, you're gonna, you're going to like amplify your, your success. Cause like, talking to yourself, like, oh, you're pathetic, give up. Like that's obviously not going to get you anywhere. So, um, it's something that seems kind of, uh, common sense almost, but it's like hard. Like most, I think a lot of people that's, that's an area that they really fall short in. Yeah, it, it is. It is unfortunately Travis. And, and what happens is that so much of it is, is developed in childhood, and it's a result of you know the the way that we're raised and, and the language that others are using with us. And there's a great book by Carol Dweck uh, named Mindset. It, it came out about probably 15, 20 years ago. It's it's not new, but it is one of the most fundamental, most um, useful books. Uh, if you are going to, I'd recommend it to anyone who's a new parent to read this book. But um, you know, it talks about a fixed mindset versus growth mindset, but so much of your mindset is set as you're, you know, you're being raised and learning that self-talk. And, and Josh, the story I was, I was look, um, heard earlier was a story from Zig Ziglar, who's a famous motivational guy, you know, real big in the nineties. You guys are probably too young to even know he was, he was, he was big for me back in, in my early like sales days, uh, Zig Ziglar is a great name too, but but he, he told the story about how he had a friend who was a professional baseball player and he, he um, brought him uh, to go visit some prisoners. They went to go visit uh, some guys in prison and help, you know, motivate them and, and give them, you know, some of their time. And, and um, the, he was talking, Zig Ziglar was talking about the power of that self-talk and the prisoner said, Oh, well, um, well, what did, how did you become a professional baseball player? And he said, well, when I was young, I'd be playing catch with my dad in the yard. And he would tell me, you know, you keep throwing like that. You're going to become a, a pro. You're going to become a major leaguer someday. If you, you keep throwing like that, keep throwing the ball hard like that and keep working on that swing and you're going to become a major leaguer. And the prisoner turns to him. And he says, wow, well, when I was young, my, my dad always told me you're a piece of crap. You're not going to amount to anything you're going to end up in prison one day. And he's like, and here I am in prison. And, and so, you know, so much of it, as I said, is, is reared from an early time. Um, the good news for anyone, no matter what your upbringing was, no matter what your parents told you is that you have control of that self-talk instantly. 
today, like right now, <laughs> you can instantly to start change the the dialogue. And that's a good message. What you're sharing is that you would never speak to someone else like that. I mean, you wouldn't speak to your grandma like that. So mm-hmm. you know, why would you speak to yourself like that? So, you know, think of it, think of it that way. You know, how would your grandma, how, how would she support you? You know, if you needed the support in whatever you're trying to do and, and um, start using that positive self-talk and it's going to have a big, big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spreading, spreading positivity, I think is probably one of the most important variables that is often underlooked. We're always, you know, we go by a bad accident. Everybody wants to see, we want to see, it's almost like we're drawn to bad negative things and if we switch that and we start drawing us ourselves more towards positivity, spreading more positivity, we'll become more positive people. I think the hard part is when shit gets hard, it is hard to stay positive sometimes. I recently saw um, uh, an article on ways that some of these professional athletes were getting over bad plays as an example, you know, and Travis and I have talked about this in the past. One of the lessons that he learned from football was not to hang his head. So, you know, after a bad play, you don't hang your head. You go straight, you, you pick back up exactly where you left off, no hesitation. And you continue to play as if it had never happened. There are a few things that I read in this article about how some of these other professional athletes would do this. For example, there was a, I believe it was a golfer who uh, every time he took a bad shot, he would say, that's weird because he wanted it to feel foreign to him to, to take mm-hmm. a bad shot. Uh, there was a baseball player who um, would stare at a single pebble on the ground to, to regain focus. So are there strategies that you use or that you teach your clients to get over the quote unquote bad plays of, of life? Yeah, the the my favorite. Those are great examples that you gave, uh, Josh. But my favorite tool that I use every single day, and on a weekly basis, and on an annual basis, I write this out uh, many different ways, is is what I call future gratitude. And so let's say let's say something something shitty happens, right? Something bad happens. It's you're you. You don't want it to happen again, right? Let's say you, you know, you ended a relationship or something, bad, bad breakup, right? The the trick is to to tune your mind to the outcome that you want to have next time. Okay. So it, you just came out of a bad relationship. You're like, hey, I want to have a great relationship. Well, what's the best way to tune your mind to that? Is to visualize that great positive awesome relationship and what it would what it will be like and then write about it as if it's already happened so what i do as i was saying on a, on a weekly basis is each week and and i've taught this to others and it works remarkably well for someone who's never done it is you you pick a goal so we'll talk use my example hey i want to have a great relationship then you write my um for example, you write, my uh, relationship is going so awesome. I met uh, this new person at, you know, I met her at um, when I was on a trip to Austin and she's the best person. She's so considerate. She's so kind. She's so loving. We get along so well. We have so many things in common and um, I'm really enjoying being in this relationship and you 
write all these things as if they've already happened. You are, you literally predict your own future in the way that you want it to happen, not in the negative way, all in the way that you want it to happen. And you write it down in three things that are important when you do this. You use concise, positive words. You use clear visualization. So you're actually visualizing it and seeing it in your mind. And then you feel the corresponding feelings of what it feels like when that is actually going to happen. What's it going to feel like when I'm in that relationship? Oh my gosh, it's going to feel freaking amazing, right? It's going to feel the best and I'm going to be, you know, so in love and everything's going to be great. You do those three things, you write it down and you include those three components and you will be amazed when you start doing this with regularity, you will be amazed at how accurate you start getting at predicting your own future and turning those negatives into positives. It works remarkably, remarkably well. I love that. That's, that sounds very powerful and, and, and something that can be used in any situation. Uh, you know, talking about creating a positive mindset, if, if you are constantly writing and, in, and, you know, experiencing the feelings of the positive, the positivity that you're trying to achieve, then it's almost a manifestation of success. Of course, it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, they talk about the law of attraction, you know, manifestation, all that stuff. This is all a part of it. It's all part of, you know, we manifest everything ourselves. Everything is a result of the choices we make. And, and you know, we can create the life we want. We just have to go out and, and create that. So if, if using my example, if you want that relationship, you visualize it, you set that you know intention that this is the relationship I want. And then you'll go out and you will create that relationship um, because the brain, the brain doesn't know the difference between an, an imagine, you know, an imagine scenario or a real scenario when, you know, they've hooked up brains to MRIs and, and CAT scans and they show exactly the same fire, the same neurons and everything when someone's imagining a situation and someone is actually living the situation. So you're when you're feeling those feelings and experiencing, you know, visualizing that your brain is like, oh, yeah, it already happened. And then the other thing your brain does is your brain wants to prove itself right. So your brain, that's why the negative self-talk is so strong, Travis, because your brain wants to prove that that is correct also. So if you use it on the positive aspect, your brain will be like, okay, I need to make this relationship work. I said that it's going to be the best relationship ever. I said, I've said, I'm going to find a, a, a female that's so loving and awesome. You better find that person that's, you know, fits that, that description. And uh, yeah. And it, I mean, it's, it's super powerful and it, uh, it definitely works. 100%. Yeah, it, it almost, it sounds like it almost goes back to the concept that you were talking about before of like doing what the person you want to become does. And I, I talk about this with clients who come to me and they want to be fit and healthy people. Okay. Well, are you doing what fit and healthy people do? Are you going to the gym? Are you working out? Are you making good food choices? Are you prioritizing sleep and digestion? When you're out of food and you need something in a pinch and you go to a gas station, are you getting a bag of Doritos or a protein bar? What does the person that you want to become do? So in your situation, like what does this man, what does this man or woman in this successful relationship do in the relationship? If we can start writing this down, I love this concept. I'm going to start doing it, writing these things down 
I also believe in the power of writing things down, like in pen, not mm-hmm. on the computer, but I think writing in pen is very powerful. Um, then, yeah, you're manifesting the person that you want to become. And you are telling yourself that you're going to do the things that the person you want to become does. You will become that person. It seems pretty straightforward. It's funny to like think of it in these words and to make it sound so simple because it, it seems like it's not. But when you say it this way, it sounds pretty simple. And if you have no idea, if you have no idea what that's like, if you're like, I want to be an entrepreneur and I have absolutely no idea what that's like, or I want to be in a good relationship and I've only had horrible, toxic relationships, like go find somebody that you want to be like and hang around them, become their friend, like see how they do things, see what it's like, ask them questions about it so that you can start to get an idea of like where exactly you want to be. You know what I mean? That all comes back. It's all comes full circle. It's like the people who are the people you're hanging out with. Are they all in horrible relationships? Well, that's all, you know, then if you've only been in horrible relationships and everyone you hang out with has only been in horrible relationships, how are you supposed to even visualize what you want to go get it? You're going to have to just, you're playing, you're playing, um, like you're gambling at that point. You're like, Oh, I just hope I fall into something good. Like you don't even know what you're looking for. So like, I think all these things are like very interconnected, you know, like you have to have people around you that you aspire to be like, and you're going to, you'll, then you'll just be like, okay, I want to be like that. You think about it every day and then you take it a step further and you start writing it down. Um, that's lit. I mean, that's literally what I do. You know, I have people that I am, that I know that I want to be like, and I take little bits for like, maybe it's just a little piece of little piece. Oh, they do this one thing that I want. And I, and I grab that, those little bits and pieces. And I literally visual, like where I was two years ago, I was honestly visualizing where I am now. And I'm pretty like close to what I wanted. Like I did honestly, what you were saying, I just have never written down it in that way, but I did write down like, okay, this is what I want out of life. This is, this is how I think I'm going to get it. And I think about it all the time, like almost daily. I think about where I want to be. Um, and I do, I do kind of visualize like the emotions of it. I, I haven't tried like writing it down, but like I have a very specific place of where I want to be and what I think that that's going to be like. And it, a lot of it really comes from modeling after other people. Some, some of them I know, some of them I don't know. Um, and, and that's like a really, I hundred percent, I never really thought about it before, but that is hearing you explain it. Like I do that and it is a powerful thing. Yeah, you're on the right path, um, Travis. And, you know, like Josh said a couple minutes ago, it's so simple when you just kind of, you know, talk it out. You're like, wow, gee, why doesn't everybody do this, right? Why doesn't everybody do it? And the reality is, is that everybody does this in some capacity, oftentimes in the negative capacity, and they just never realize it, right? The the person that says, oh, I'm always fat. I can never lose weight. You're doing exactly what we're talking about, but in the negative sense. And you're just yep. programming yourself to continue to be that person. And so the fact that you've done it and now you're where you visualized, you know, a year or two ago, that's awesome. And, you know, you asked about those habits for success. Start writing that down. Start writing, you know, three things on a weekly basis is what I do. I write my three biggest goals for the week and I, I future gratitude them on Sunday night that that uh, by the end of the week, these have all happened. And I write them as if they've all happened. And I go through the feeling and the, and the visualization and everything. And, you know, sometimes I get two out of three, sometimes I get three out of three, 
you know, usually not less than two. I mean, nowadays, right. When I started, it was like, Oh, maybe I got one. And cause I wasn't, you know, doing a good job of visualizing and then, and then doing the steps to get there, but you start doing it with more practice and you'll realize you, you, um, you shorten that runway, if you will. So you shorten that time to get, like, if you're like, Hey, this is where I'm going to be in five years. Well, why can't you be there in one year? Mm-hmm. or two years, right? It's just because you're seeing it in five years. Well, change it and say, I'm going to be there in a year or six months. And then or now work, work backwards or now, right? I mean, you know, like you, with some realism yeah. to it, you know, you can, like you can, you can say, hey, I'm going to be Elon Musk tomorrow. Well, right. I mean, you know, within, within some reality, Right. But if you say, hey, I'm going to be there in two years, you know, I'm going to be as successful as Elon Musk. Hey, that's totally reasonable, right? That you can you could build, you know, some kind of empire in the next two years. You know, heck, I mean, maybe six months. But um, but if you you just have to start working backwards. OK, now what's it going to take to get there? And that goes back to those habits for success. Like what's going to what's it going to take to get me to being Elon Musk in two years, right? And then you you keep working backwards and getting more and more and more and more granular until you're like, okay, here's step one, here's step two. And the modeling is awesome, like you talked about, you know, because that that's that's where it can start if you have no conception and also about the people that you surround themselves with. So, so true. Yeah. I, I love the the concept of the future gratitude. Gratitude, the nightly gratitude is something that I've been practicing uh, and, and trying to get more consistent with. I find that when I practice gratitude nightly and, and like write down three things that I'm grateful for, uh, I find that I sleep better. I find that I'm happier. I'm more positive overall. But the concept of future gratitude is something that's new to me and definitely something that I'm going to start implementing on a weekly basis. I like the idea of on a Sunday night, you know, expressing gratitude for things that haven't happened yet, but that will happen. Um, I think that's a really powerful, powerful concept. So um, to anybody who's listened and, and has started doing the nightly gratitude that I've talked about, yeah, I highly recommend this future gratitude concept. I'm, I'm definitely going to implement that into my life. And um, I, I can't see how it could be anything but positive uh, yeah. as with all these things. It's totally possible. And what the, the really cool thing about it is that when you first start doing it, this is how it was for me. And, and others have told me the same thing. When you first start doing it, you, you think about it a lot because you're like, okay, I, I, I need to do that one thing that, you know, that thing I said I'm going to do by Friday, right? I need to do it. I need to, you know, I need to make it happen. You make it happen. After you start, after you've doing it for a while and I've done it for the, I, I've done it on an annual basis for 10 years. And then I've done it on a, a weekly basis. I started that about a year and a half ago, but, um, but the, uh, what you'll find is after you do it enough is that it just starts happening. You don't have to put thought into it. Like those things just start happening because you're so in tune to it that you're, you do it just, you know, without even thinking about it, you know, you make, you make those things happen. And that's when it starts becoming really awesome. Cause then you're like, well, geez, shit, I can manifest anything. You know, I can, I can create anything I want. Yeah. It feels like like snowball is just going and it's all the momentum, just yes. positive momentum. Yeah. 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 Momentum's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. 
man. Well, um, we're, we're, we're at about an hour and I got to say like, this has been incredibly eye-opening for me. You know, like I said, we've gone down a lot of these routes before, but you've really taken us into a new depth, um, in, in expressing things from a future perspective and making some of these concepts that we, we all do and we all know just seem so much more simple, which makes them seem so much more just so much easier for us to actually like complete. Right. I think a lot of times all these things, they seem like such big tasks for us to, you know, sit down and map out goals and, you know, do the things that the person we want to be does. And um, you've made things really simple. So I have to thank you for it. I know that I'm going to want to learn more from you. I'm going to want to follow you. I know our listeners are too. So before we let you go, one, I want to really thank you again for coming on the podcast and sharing your knowledge with us uh, and helping us grow. But also um, I want you to be able to give the, uh, give our listeners an idea of where, where they can find you, what you're doing and kind of plug your, your thing, your, yourself a little bit. Well, thank you for asking that. And thanks for, you know, it's been a pleasure chatting with you guys. I've really enjoyed the conversation and, you know, we, we just kind of launched into it and started chatting and I was like, Oh, this is a cool chat. And then, you know, here we are like an hour later. Um, <laughs> but when I mean, you guys probably plan it that way, but which is cool. But as, as far as, you know, I spark change is, is really where, where it is all about for me, because that's, that's my organization, my movement to spread positive change and empower others to, you know, elevate their social impact. And, and it's, it's just the letter I spark change on any social media platform on Instagram, on Facebook, you can join the group, um, Twitter, don't do a ton on Twitter, but, um, TikTok, um, have a YouTube channel that we'll be building out a little more, uh, in the coming future. Our website is isparkchange.com go there and join. We're about to launch in another two weeks. We're going to launch a totally redesigned Icepark Change website with more ways for people to interact. Uh, you can nominate people to be a social impact hero. Like it's going to have all these new things that I've been working on that for like six months. So that's finally coming out in a couple of weeks, but, um, but right now you can go to the, you know, to the website as it is, and you can join Icepark Change and you'll, you'll, you know, be subscribed to our newsletter or just, you know, just follow, follow on Instagram. You, you'll see positive content, motivational content, inspirational content, um, you know, positive scripture content on a daily basis. And, um, and you'll be part of that community of, you know, others that are working to make the world a better place too. So thank you for letting me share more about that. Cause that's, that's what I really want to grow because um, I'll just say last thing is that, you talk about, you know, uh, Travis, where you want to be in a few years and, and the goals and everything. And, you know, our our goal at Icepark Change within the next five years is to have a community of one billion, one billion strong of a billion people, you know, individuals, organizations, nonprofits, all of that, because we're going to evolve Icepark Change into a social media platform that will be, you know, have a billion people in it. So that's that's our big our big goal that, you know, we're doing the steps backwards to uh, to get there. You know, just in the early phases. Man, I I love that, and I love the power of of the group and the positivity. So, for anybody who's listening who is looking for a more positive environment, it sounds like Rick has it for you. So, I highly recommend everybody goes checks out his Instagram, checks out his website, isparkchange.com. If you want to be surrounded by positivity, 
then you will become more positive. You will become more successful. Um, I don't, I don't know how many more times we can say it. So uh, <laughs> it basically has the keys for you. Uh, so I highly recommend everybody go, buddy, go follow him. Rick, thank you again so much for coming on, man. This has just been an incredible conversation. Um, you're an incredible human and I'm, I'm, it's really exciting to hear what you're doing for the world. Well, thank you very much, Josh. It's been a pleasure to chat with you guys. Thank you, Travis. I've really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, look forward to uh, hopefully speaking with you guys again in the future. Absolutely. Sounds great. Thank you, Rick. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Struggle Strength Podcast. We'll see you all next week.